we're going to talk about kind of two two ideas. Uh, number one, what it means to actually encounter Jesus, and then number two, uh, thinking about setting a goal for ourselves. So I am not somebody who ever does like, hey, it's January first. I'm going to work out more or do like those those general type of New Year's resolutions. That is not me, and I'm not saying they're like not good or whatever. Like you could that could be something you love, but uh, this is going to be much more focused spiritually and on your relationship with the Lord. Uh, when we we think about the scope of an entire year, what do you want that to look like, right? So when we look back on this past year. Um, are we able to say this past year of my life and my walk with Christ, wh- how much time did I devote, what I learned from the Lord? Um, is it something that I would look back and say, yes, I did this, this past year correctly as far as how I pursued God and what I learned from Him? And maybe not. Maybe you're saying, you know what, uh, I was distracted this past year, whether it be school or sports or certain relationships or whatever the case that took my attention away from God. And I know I need to have my priorities straight, and this needs to be a year of focus for me. So either way, um, you're in an okay spot because we kind of make this a good starting point to say this new year for us, um, let's make some spiritual goals, or maybe just one spiritual goal, and then pursue that for an entire year. I think if you take the idea of take anything, like let's use a simple sports example, you're going to work on fielding ground balls you get every single day for a year i can pretty much guarantee you're gonna be pretty good at that by the end of the year right regardless of your starting point whether you're like worst or best kid on the team when you focus on one skill or one thing there's going to be improvement especially if there's a lot of repetition and one thing i would say with that is and we'll probably talk a little more about this at the end but even if it's 10 15 minutes a day Make sure you're doing it every day as opposed to, okay, I'm going to have this one, one and a half hours, two hours on Sunday, and then not come back to it until next Sunday. Because that big gap in time uh, is just too much time away from God, and that's not that's almost the opposite of focus, if you guys know what I mean. So uh, I'm not going to ask you today, hey, what is your goal, anything like that, but we need to start thinking about it so hopefully pretty soon we can have a focus um, for the new year. Um, so we'll come back to that, the idea of a, uh, a spiritual goal or spiritual resolution for the year. Um, but I'm going to read to us first here from, from Matthew 2. And this is when uh, the wise men uh, visit Jesus. And I think there's a couple couple things that really stand out symbolically that uh, we can really learn from. Because I think we know the story. There's these magi from the east. They see a star. They go visit Jesus. They give him gifts. And they leave. Right, that's the general story. Uh, but let me just read from you here. So this is Matthew 2. All right. So the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. So they already assert that they knew the king of the Jews was born. How did they know that? Because they haven't met Jesus at this point. Right. They said, based on this star in the sky, we know that Jesus has been born. Right. You would never, especially back then, you would never make this type of travel if you're like, mm, maybe the Savior has been born or maybe the, right. They had, they had a lot of confidence, a lot of faith in the fact that, yes, this is the sign 
that the Savior's been born. So there's a lot of conviction on their part. Just in general, at the time of Jesus, traveling, long trips were extremely dangerous. Um, so people did not take that lightly. Um, and so there's a lot of confidence, a lot of conviction on their part that, yes, there is something extremely important, and we want to make sure we're a part of it. And it says, For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. I think the other thing for all of you guys is these magi, they have, or they're in a unique position, and they have unique talents, that this is how they came to know of Christ, right? So maybe it's through astronomy. Um, They probably had some wealth and some position of power. So they had knowledge of scripture, like what we call the Old Testament, so they have some things in place in their life that let them know, okay, because of this star, the king of the Jews has been born. Well, think about the same thing for you. What is it about you, whether it's the position you're in here in paradise, playing a specific sport, the family you're in, maybe there's people in your family who don't know the Lord, maybe there's people who have fallen away. And then also, also say, think about the talents you specifically have, right? Like if you take our coaching staff, for example, no coach specifically has the same talents, right? And and I think that's a good thing. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Everybody's kind of unique in their role. Um, And in general, when you talk about spiritually, that's what the body of Christ is. So what are you good at? Um, Maybe you don't feel comfortable speaking in front of others, right? Um, But that doesn't mean you can't serve God, right? Maybe you're somebody who has a gift of the Holy Spirit of joy, you bring joy to people every single day you go to practice. Right? That's a huge benefit. In that way, something simple like that, you can help show others the joy of the Holy Spirit. Right? So the point I'm making is, because of the, the specific talents of the Magi and the position they're in, that's how they came to know Christ. So God created all of you guys with specific talents, specific interests, things you like to do, whether it's fishing or whatever. Right? And you may just in general think, oh, it's just my hobby. And that's true. Um, but also those things that make you unique, God gave you those talents so that you can, in that way, get closer to Christ and potentially also help others get closer to Christ. Okay? Like all you guys on any sports team, there's immediately a group of people that you have the ability to influence. You may choose not to influence those people, right? Sometimes it's scary or hard or whatever. But God is putting you in a position on a team that that's an immediate way you know, okay, I can influence others and help them get closer to God. And ultimately, people have to make their own choices, but you can still have an influence. So think about that. What are my talents and what are the positions I'm in that can help me get closer to God and then can also help others get closer to God? Okay, now, the next thing is, says, what's the purpose? They see this star and it says, we've come to do what? give it to you again for we observed his star at its rising and we have come to pay him homage what does that mean yeah like due respect right the respect is due and then what are the gifts presented what do you recall yeah gold frankincense and myrrh so um there's a lot of symbolism in all three of those gifts uh we won't get into those just yet but they're saying we're going to make this extremely long dangerous journey 
and in a selfish way, you could say of no benefit to them, right? Potentially no one knew they were doing this. They were making this really long journey, giving Jesus and his parents tons of money, and then going home, right? So maybe of, of no benefit to them in, in a selfish mindset. But they're saying we're doing it because we want to give Jesus the respect and the honor and everything that is due to him, right? And from a money standpoint, they're probably thinking, well, if God put us in a position where we have wealth, should we not be giving wealth back to the Son of God, right? So all of us have to think about that. How in my life am I paying respect to God? And that can be your prayer life. That can be the way, some simple examples, and you may not like these. How do you interact with your parents? How do you interact with your teachers? I guarantee you there's a teacher you probably don't like very much. Right? It's just the way it is. Um, and so if that's the case, are you being respectful to your parents and respectful to your teachers, even if you don't like them, because you know uh, that's what the Word of God asks us to do, to res- be respectful, not so much to please humans, but to be respectful to please God. And so in all of our lives, we're asked to do that. Just like these guys, they went out of their way to show God respect. And obviously Jesus as an infant here isn't receiving the gifts themselves. It's Mary and Joseph who are receiving the gifts. So a lot of times we may not think, well, it doesn't have to be just giving money at church, right? Like just direct giving money to God or the house of God. Sometimes we're giving respect or our talents to other people. And through that, that's a way we show respect or give our talents to God. It's the same type of concept. Okay, now... uh, something interesting I think here towards the end they're, they've presented the gifts and they're ready to return home anyone know what happens next well first they go to Jerusalem and it says when King Herod bad guy heard this he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him And calling together all the chief priests and scribes and people, he inquired of them where the Messiah, which is Jesus, the Savior, was to be born. And they told him, he will be born in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. And when they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. Anytime we're really pursuing God, like if we feel, okay, this this year of my life, I want to really pursue Christ. I want to get to know him on a deeper level like I haven't known before. This is one example, and there's, it feels like countless in the Bible, where when you really pursue God, you will encounter opposition. There will be people or there will be situations that put up roadblocks. And why is that? Yeah, right? You have Satan who is saying, absolutely not, I do not want you to pursue God like that. Now, he has no control over your free will, but he's going to do his best to put up roadblocks or more challenging situations in your way to deter you, to make you scared to speak, to make you scared to pursue the Lord, to distract you, to bring you into sin. Anything he can do 
to pull you away from pursuing God, right? And in this case, uh, with King Herod, it's, it's the same deal, okay? He's being manipulative and saying, yes, go find this child, and when you do, tell me where he is so I can pay him the same honor and respect. Obviously, his intent was to kill Jesus, um, but regardless, you have this, this direct opposition. The other small note that sticks out to me that I always think is cool is you have the wise men who said, we, star, we saw the star rising or from its rising. From the very first time they see it in the sky, they began a pursuit, right? And they set off on this long journey. When they get to Jerusalem, though, where King Herod is, is the star visible? No, it's not, right? Because it says when they started out after they left the city, they saw the star again, right? And they become excited. Okay, we, there was a time where they couldn't see it. And for me, I always see that as like, God is going to protect people who are truly on a mission for him and for his purposes. And that doesn't mean God's going to say, hey, no obstacles, no roadblocks, no problems. You, you have those, right? Because um, if you keep reading, King Herod then goes on to kill thousands of innocent children, just trying to maybe hope, hopefully one of them is Jesus in the process. So God's not going to say, I'm going to just take away all the bad stuff in this world because we're not in heaven yet. But he will, he will protect us. Right? And he will keep us safe. Now, one of my favorite psalms um, speaks to that too. And the Lord saying, I will always protect your coming and your going now and forevermore. Just to the idea of the Lord will protect you. So if this year you guys are saying, you know what, I'm going to make this year focused and I'm going to pursue God like I haven't, he's going to protect you. Not eliminate obstacles, but he's going to protect you and the Holy Spirit will guide you in that. Just like you see here with the wise men. Right? King Herod was not able to see the star in the sky. From where he was in Jerusalem. But as the wise men leave the city, now the star becomes visible again. Okay, then last part. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. So again, you see the protection of the Lord taking care of those who pursue him, right? Not letting any harm fall on the holy family of Joseph, Mary, and Jesus or the, or the wise men. But also here, I, I think there's some pretty deep symbolism. It says they left for their own country by another road. You see the same thing with the shepherds. The shepherds who saw the angels appear in the sky and, and basically tell them, hey, the Savior's been born today in Bethlehem. Go. Go find him. Okay, You know that you'll see him when he's with Mary wrapped in swaddling clothes. So when both of these groups leave after having encountered Christ, the symbolism here is saying they are different after having met Jesus. In this case, saying they left for their own country by another road. Right? Of course they took a different route home. Right? Meaning when you encounter Jesus, truly, your life is not the same. You now start to take a different path in life. It's never the same as when you first went to meet Christ. And if you ask anybody, hey, when do you feel like you met Christ on the deepest level in your life? What's your life like before and after? The after is always going to look different. Right? And that could mean you're spending more time in the Word. That means... Um, you're wanting to get more involved in church. 
uh, you're really looking to live out your faith in school or in, uh, on your team, your life is going to look different, right? Or a good example is you guys showing up in the morning. Right? Most people forgot or whatever the case. Teachers, the sign-in sheet is now printed and in the teacher's lounge. If you could make your way over to sign that. Thank you. And you have the same thing with uh, the shepherds too, right? They, they return rejoicing and praising God. And so for all of us, if we can say, okay, this year we want to really be focused and pursue God like we haven't, at the end of this year, hopefully we're like the shepherds and the magi. We return on a different road. Our life is different. I'll end with this. Uh, last year my goal, and I try to say this prayer every single day and just kind of meditate on it in my prayer life, was, Lord, increase my faith. So what does that actually mean for me to have more faith, the faith the size of a mustard seed? And I know for me that was it was huge this past year. It just kept me focused. And I felt like God just kept teaching me throughout the year, just kind of in small increments he kept teaching me. Um, and this year mine will be to bear fruit. So just asking God to help me do his work throughout the year. And I have no idea what that's going to hold, but I know that he's going to help me. I would encourage you guys to hopefully find something in Scripture that's going to help you have a focused resolution for this whole year and something you can pray every single day. Like one example could be if you feel like there's a sin in your life, right? Jesus says it would be better for you to uh, cut out your eye than to enter into hell, right? So maybe there's one sin, you know, I need to cut this out of my life, and I'm going to make sure this year I get it done through the help of the Lord. Um, and at the end of that year, hopefully through that focus, you feel like, okay, I've really encountered Christ on a deeper level, and now my life is much different. All right, I think it's go time. All right.